Hello, welcome to another episode of the First Intuition Student Forum and Podcast. My name is Ben Borman, and I'm joined again this evening by my good friend and colleague, David Malthouse. Good evening, Dave. Evening, Ben. It's the first time we've been together properly for a couple of weeks, isn't it? It is. I was absent. I did have a, a note from the tutor saying I was allowed an absence last week. It was my wife's birthday. Um, my daughter also had a netball match, so I kind of um, combined a bit of both. And men, I asked Dave, any chance I could have a pass of absence from the podcast? And I missed a blinding session by all accounts. You were talking everything personal finance related. We were. I was I was joined by Kelly, which is the, the first time that Kelly and I have, have linked up on the podcast together. So that, that was quite an experience. And it was fresh from my whistle stop tour of the country, Ben, where I'd been in Leeds on the Tuesday and London on the Monday, because I don't know if you know what happened in London on the Monday. I mentioned it last week, but on Monday last week at the PQ Awards, we were crowned College of the Year. Fantastic, fantastic. And this is an FI-wide recognition, isn't it? I understand the the trophy or the PQ award. Yeah. For those of you, obviously you're listening to a podcast, but if you visualise the letters PQ in, I don't think it is made of silver, but it is silver solid silver. Then, solid silver. Solid silver. The yeah. PQ award is doing a bit of a tour, a bit like you'll see occasionally the um, FA Cup in football or a trophy from some other sporting event goes on a bit of a tour around the country usually ends up on BBC on the one show or something. Well, my understanding is that the PQ award won by FI as a whole is doing a tour of the country. It has had a brief appearance in Cambridge. I think our good friend and colleague Alex picked it up from London last week, got it back to Cambridge. It's then heading north to, to Leeds and doing a whole tour of the country. It's, it's been to Leeds. I was responsible for the Leeds leg. It's a lot like the Olympic torch relay. So I took it from the venue um, and under cover of night, secreted it across London. And then the next day we took off from King's Cross. And if anyone follows our, our Instagram page, there were Instagram updates of where, the, um, where the, the trophy was. So there was pictures of us holding it in King's Cross Station. Um, we did try and take it to the Harry Potter platform, um, but we couldn't get on the Hogwarts Express. So we ended up going to Leeds. It's a nice, a lovely photo, Ben, of us at Wakefield Station. Um, with the um, with the trophy before we ended up in Leeds um, with our colleagues in Leeds, where it, it stayed for a short while before jetting back down to London. And, and obviously the award is ours forever, but we will yep. hold it officially for a year. And I'm really excited to see where it's going to spring up over the year. I think it would be a really good thing for FI to mm. champion the award throughout the whole 12 months, arising in different locations, different areas of the country, mm where FI is hopefully making a real difference to students studying their accounting and other qualifications. And it's great to have recognition for that, isn't it? And it is a global award, Ben. It's that we are the best college on the whole of planet Earth. Um, so I'm hopeful that we're going to be able to take it for a journey to other parts of the globe as well. So maybe take it on holiday with you, Ben, this summer. Brilliant. Yeah, I'm, I'm not sure. Um, it's going to make priority in my luggage space getting over to um, Florida later on this year. But we'll see. We'll see. A lovely photo of you, Cinderella and the and the trophy could certainly make that photo wall. Fantastic. We're already for, for podcast listeners. We're doing it again tonight in front of a live audience on Zoom. We've got the chat box open and we're already getting um, requests from students saying I will happily take it on my holiday and get a picture here, there and everywhere. 
Um, we've not opened it up to students yet, but you guys are all part of it. The whole award was for the recognition of the great things that FI do. And in part, and in no small part, that is down to the, the loyalty and the recognition we get from our students and their successes. So a big well done to everybody involved. Excellent. How else um, have you been spending the, the, the couple of weeks since we last had a catch up on the podcast, Dave? I, I just seem to have had wall to wall meetings this week. So it, it, for us in, in our office in Essex, um, it's appraisal season. So there's been lots and lots of appraisals taking place, lots of objectives being set, lots of people mapping out what they're planning to do over the next year. So, yeah, really exciting time from that perspective. Um, and then other than that, I've got client meetings. Um, I haven't had that much teaching at the moment, which is you know quite nice to be able to catch up and see how things are kind of outside of first intuition, outside of the walls of first intuition. So how about you, Ben? Um, I have been doing quite a bit of teaching, which I love. Um, I've actually been teaching a class today, one of our apprenticeship impact skills days today on decision making and problem solving. And I actually signposted some of the group to the first intuition podcast. We were talking about how you make decisions. And one of the areas we were discussing was cognitive bias and unconscious bias, things that are in the back of our minds that we might not be aware of unless we just widen our thought process and think, why am I making some of the decisions I'm making? Mm -hmm. And I, I signposted to a previous episode of the podcast where we discussed unconscious bias. And I find myself increasingly doing that. I'm off to do some money laundering training tomorrow, and I will be signposting back to a prior episode where me and you talked about the processes of money laundering and some of the awareness that people need to have in our world of finance. And that is just for clarity, that's not you learning how to money launder, is it? No, but but as we always say, one of the best defense mechanisms is thinking like the, the perpetrator, isn't it? The best person to tell you how to protect your house from being burgled is an ex-burglar that will now come and, and give you consultancy <laughs> advice on it. Well, if I was breaking into your house, Ben, this is how I would do it. Whilst we're talking about the podcast, um, we shared some data on an email today, Dave, and I just wanted to mention it. And again, a big thank you to the people that do listen to us, that download. Um, we have now surpassed 38,000 downloads. And I believe tonight's episode will be episode number 138. All are out there. I've mentioned two previous episodes, but they remain up there. You can go and find them. And today I'm not going to mention her name. She will know who she is if she's listening. But I popped into one of the classrooms in Cambridge last week and the students were on break, just popped in to say, how are things going? And one student said, Ben, can I thank you and please pass on my thanks to Dave for the podcast? She downloads, she listens every week. She said she'd listened to one episode while she'd been coming into college that morning. And it made my day. It was really lovely to have somebody recognise what we do, recognise the, the effort that goes into it, not just from me and Dave, but other people at FI, the guys in marketing that promote the sessions, the guys that turn it into the recording and get it uploaded. Um, it's lovely to be thanked for something. So she'll know who she is. I'm not going to mention her, but hopefully you listen to this one as well. We've got a theme for this evening. For everybody that is a regular listener, we usually pick a theme for tonight. And I'm really pleased we've got a guest joining us. So the theme for this evening is the potential for a break 
whether that be a break in study, a break from work. And we're going to do a bit of a, a discussion around that topic. But before we get on to that, I'm going to say good evening and welcome formally to Amy Forrest. Good evening, Amy. Hello. Hello, everybody. Nice to be here. So Amy is officially a friend of the podcast. We say that when you've been as a guest more than once. And, and Amy's been on numerous times. She's also co-hosted with me. For those of you that are not aware, though, um, Amy hasn't been on the podcast for a little while because officially you are on maternity leave, Amy. And I hope I'm not breaking any employment laws by saying, <laughs> would you come and join us this evening? <laughs> How are things going? Tell us. Uh, your news. Yes, absolutely. So I am currently on maternity leave. Um, if you'd said to me a few months ago, what, what's your week been like? I would have said very similar to Dave, lots of meetings, you know, I've been doing this, bit of teaching, a bit of this and that. If you ask me now, it's a lot of uh, changing nappies, a lot of um, making sure the baby's fed, a lot of that actually, which I didn't realise would be a thing, trying to get the baby to sleep, which is um, a new one. I thought they just slept naturally, but apparently not. You have to put in a lot of effort to get a baby to sleep. Um, so I'm on maternity leave currently, and I've been on maternity leave for three months. I'm coming back in July. And so when Ben said the theme of the podcast was kind of coming back to study, coming back to work, it was something that was really, um, you know, interesting to me. So yeah, thank you very much for the invite. Excellent. Well, it's lovely to have you back. Um, baby Freddie is gorgeous. Um, we've seen lots of pictures in the office. I've not actually met him in person yet, but something we really do need to. We keep messaging each other saying we need to get together <laughs> and then another week rolls by and yeah. I'm busy. You're busy. We really do need to organise that. Um, but I thought of you when the topic for this evening was muted because you are currently on maternity leave. You are having a, a break from work um, because of that, although you are doing elements of keeping in touch and keeping things ticking over. But I thought it would be interesting to hear your insights into it. So theme for this evening is um, breaks. And I think initially my reservation of doing this topic is there is a balance to be had genuinely there are times in people's lives and circumstances where a break and potentially an extended break is exactly the right thing to do and if that's the case there are official channels to go through particularly if you are studying with us under the apprenticeship scheme where there are other stakeholders involved in your studies your employer the government and the funding of that there are official processes to go through and if that's something that you are thinking listening to this genuinely I need to discuss that with somebody I would encourage an apprentice to speak to their skills and development coach the guys at FI that deal with them um, you can contact myself as well I'm a member of the safeguarding team for the FI network and we can talk through the options there that said and Dave I'll be interested to hear your reflections on this first we've been around the block a bit myself Dave and Amy dealing with students for many many years and I've had lots of students that come to me and say, Ben, I really need a break from my studies. And initially, we need to have those open conversations about, is what you're telling me you need a week off? Is it that you need six months off? And genuinely having a discussion about the implications and why you believe that break is going to be beneficial to your future studies coming back to it. Dave, what's your experiences over the years of students coming to you and saying they need a break? Um. I think sometimes people try, people almost take a break for a lifestyle reason. 
and it, it's not uh, not abnormal for people to say, "I would like to take the summer off because um, I, I don't I, I want to play a full cricket season." Um, I, I've had people say that before, or um, I've got a family wedding that I need to go to. It's overseas. I'm going to be away for two weeks, and so I'm going to take a break. I'm not going to bother sitting an exam over the summer months. Um, and we have kind of quite a few things like that. Now, I always, I always worry when people take a break for a lifestyle reason because it's very easy to take a break for three months and then that three months ends up being six. Then you get close to Christmas and you might as well take time off over Christmas. And before you know it, it's been five years and you, you're no further on in your studies. Uh, and to, to be quite honest, I know cricket does take a long time if you're playing cricket, but you know, most people that play cricket will do one training session a week, maybe, and then play a game on a Saturday. And I understand the game on a Saturday is long. There's usually beers afterwards. There's usually beers during. Sometimes there's beer before. But that's one day. That's one. Um, and that's one evening of training. There's still plenty of time to study for an exam if you really want to. If you've got to go away for two weeks on holiday, well, you can study around that if need be. So I always worry about that kind of almost like that kind of lifestyle creep where you're, you're grabbing more and more time to do lovely, fun stuff, but to the detriment of your studies, to the detriment of you, you know, and we talked about last week, Ben, we, you know, when, you know, people were, were looking at how do you battle the cost of living crisis? How do you battle the fact that inflation is eating into your pay packet? And for most student accountants, the most effective way to battle that is not through budgeting and scrimping and going down a brand. It's through getting your qualifications quickly, which gives you more earning capacity. And that, that's really what you're turning down there. Now, you know, the, then you move on to other kind of other reasons for taking a break. So other reasons to take a break, lots of health reasons. And I 100% understand if you have a health reason, you know, your health is, you know, is the most important thing. I'm you know, thinking of previous episodes of the podcast, Ben. Um, we remember that episode where we looked at Maslow's hierarchy of needs. And, it, you know, if you're physically in pain or mentally hurting, then that's the thing you need to look after before you can focus on anything else at all. So I completely understand where you've kind of got illness or uh, of any kind where you need to take a break. And again, that's understandable. But I do think that regularly reviewing are you in a position to start again because I think we've both seen students who've been very very talented who've had to take a break either through choice or through it being enforced on them that have struggled to get back and they haven't progressed in their career as they should have done so it, it's you know I, I always tend to think if someone tells me they want to take a break if it's for a health reason absolutely fine if it's for a lifestyle reason that's when I'm a little bit concerned um and then we get onto the third case, which is where people have been unsuccessful in exams and they're struggling to get through. Now, I don't think of that as a break. I think of that as more restructuring your study plan and refocusing where you are. And, and you know, we have known students that have maybe, you know, gone through a series of study, study exam, study exam, study exam. And they, we've seen people that have maybe had two or three unsuccessful sittings in a row. Now, that doesn't mean you take a break and say, I'm not going to bother studying now. Um, all, all that means is like, let's reassess where you are. Let's look at a plan that we can stick to to get you through those resits and move on. So don't see that as a reason to take a break. Okay, but you know, as we said earlier, you know, if you're if you're feeling an, a, a level of stress that's not healthy, then yes, you do need to take a break. Sage advice and wisdom, as always, from you, Dave. 
Amy, I wonder if you would like to come in at that point and, and think about um, the, the, the planning of that break. So we've talked a bit about the reasons your break maternity leave, uh, a, a great reason to have a break. But but what sorts of thoughts before the break happens can really assist with with planning and making the best of that? Yeah, absolutely. I think for me, I completely agree with everything you both said, by the way. You know, you've got to be what is the reason for the break? Why are you doing it? I think when you're planning for a break, the first thing you've got to be is realistic. How long do you need for this break? And it's something I didn't do that well, actually, with maternity leave. I thought I would have quite a short break. I, I really like work. I love what I do. I love the people I work with. I love seeing our students succeed and being able to help people. Um, and I was unrealistic in the time frame for which I come back and I actually ended up extending my maternity leave. Um, and I was very lucky to be able to do that. But I think an, an element of planning for a break comes with being realistic about, well, what, what is it that you need from this? I am I'm ending up having about five, six months maternity leave in the end. And for me, that's going to work really, really well. And I'm really excited about that. But it's almost having that end point in mind, you know, setting that date, setting that target for when are you going to return? So for me, maternity leave is slightly... Um, I don't say I was going to say easier but <laughs> that's the wrong phrase it's certainly not easier by any stretch of imagination but there is a kind of there's a time period to it isn't there I think that second category that Dave was talking about physical and mental illness they are more challenging however I still think there's a, an element of okay when is realistic for you to return to study and almost set yourself that target date of okay I'm I'm going to need three months I am going to miss one exam sitting if you're in that situation you work to the court or whatever it is or I'm going to take three months whatever it is I think that end date is useful that's a, a really great place to start if we were going through the process with an apprentice of a formal break in learning which has to all be pre-approved we would never do one without setting a return date target now that's not to say that can't be later adjusted brought forward extended but without that, everything is up in the air. And the big thing is that target return date is transparent. It is fully communicated with everybody involved. And then I flip it round to students that maybe are not on the structure of the scheduled apprenticeship programme. You're studying yourself. You're doing it online. If you don't have a target date and probably equally important, communicate that to other people, your tutor people that you work with your family actually it can very easily slip and your target return date of three months become six months become nine months dave amy i'm looking for you to nod on the webcams tonight we all know students that have kind of said i'll take three months off and we don't see them again for potentially 12 months and sadly sometimes they maybe never return because other things take over. So I think setting a target date is really, really important. So I tell you one of the big shames, something I used to do, ACCA students used to be able to do this. They used to be able to book not only for the next quarterly sitting, but the sitting after that. They can't do that any longer. But something I would have been much happier doing is saying, well, if I'm not sitting my exam in June, as we're recording this, the booking window has just closed for the June exams. 
I will go and book now for September. At the moment, students can't do that. And I think that's a bit of a shame, actually, because it just used to lock in, OK, three months without an exam. But I'm going to commit to the one in six months time. I completely agree with you. Yes, I completely agree. In fact, when we teach in our, I mean, these are people that are actively learning, but it's a similar kind of concept. The first session we do on any AAT course we teach is, right, let's talk about when you're going to book your exam for. You know, let's set that deadline. And it's almost a similar thing. OK, so you might not be actively studying. When are you going to actually take that first exam again? Set that deadline early and it kind of will then make you... Um, Evolve, evolve that plan for taking that break but I also think it will help from another aspect and that is if you're going to take a break make sure that break is effective you know don't take a break and still be thinking oh I, I'm going to be worrying about when I should start I'm going to be stressing about returning and so on actually if you set yourself that target of when you're going to return Use that break for what you need it for. If you need to overcome a physical or mental challenge, if you need to go on maternity leave or what, or parental leave, whatever it is, make sure the break is effective for you so that the reason you're having the break is kind of overcome in a way. And that break technically doesn't have to be for months and months and months, does it? Quite often when students come to me and say, I need a break, if we can talk it through, maybe they need a week without the kind of worry of I need to be getting back into my books I need to be picking stuff up um, because I'm conscious and something Dave said there will always be a reason why you can't find time to study and um, sometimes it sounds harsh doesn't it but to say to students look that sounds like a bit of a, a cop out and in another three months time there will be other reasons and other reasons I've been teaching up in Peterborough today and on my way to the, the training centre, I had to walk past the Nationwide Building Society. Other building societies are available. This is not me plugging the services of Nationwide. But in their window, they had a thought of the week. And I stopped. I had a few minutes to spare on my way in this morning. I stopped and I read it and I thought, you know, what? I'm going to take a picture of that. So I don't forget to mention it on the podcast session this evening. And their thought for the week written up in the window on a whiteboard was... Almost everything will work again if you unplug it for a few minutes, including you. Um, by Anne Lamont, that uh, um, saying is. And it got me thinking, actually, that's quite a salient point for tonight's topic, isn't it? Sometimes maybe actually just unplugging yourself from study for even a, a weekend a week can have a massive shift in your mindset. Dave, have you got any experiences of coaching people for maybe the need for what I'm going to brand as a, a micro break? Yeah, sometimes sometimes it's less than that, isn't it, Ben? You know, how many times has someone, one of your students, been really, really struggling at half past twelve, and they've gone out, got a sandwich, sat in the park for an hour, and at half past one, suddenly they're back on form again? It, it, it doesn't always need to take a long time, but it's it's you know it's a change, isn't it? It's doing something different. Um, it, it's coming back and then approaching a problem from a different perspective. Uh, I think that's just as it, it, it you know, it, doing that, I think it's more important than saying, oh, I'm going to take five weeks off because that's what I need to decompress. Sometimes it is. It's a weekend. Sometimes it's a day. Sometimes it's an hour. You know, sometimes it's just looking up, taking a deep breath 
and then looking again. So it's, it very much depends on, 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 on what it is that you're trying to get over and what it is you need in order to, to go again. You know, I, I always kind of, you know, tell people that, you know, after, after sitting an exam, I think about a week is probably about right because it is a very stressful situation you put yourself through. Um, but generally, after a week, you've forgotten you know, most of those stresses and you're, you're kind of starting to get back to normal and you can then get back on the bike and start studying. Personal personality trait of mine, I am quite a putter offer, if I'm honest. If I can defer something to next week or the week after, I will do that. And that's something I am becoming increasingly aware of. I'm trying to be self-aware and just make decisions without the instant. Well, if I can push it back a week, I will do that. One of the things I would worry, and I would certainly be in this position, if I say, for example, I am going to have a six week or six month break, let's go with six months. Mm -hmm. I would say probably for the first couple of weeks, it would be maybe out of my mind. And, and that might be a really good thing. It might be the, the space I needed. But I promise you, for me personally, after a couple of weeks, that six months I've set myself is seeming a bit closer and it starts building with me psychologically. And now every week I get closer to this six month return. I'm actually psychologically building it up to be a much bigger thing than necessarily it might be. But in my head, I am worried about the return. And so what I thought would be a six week or a six month break, which de-stressed me, actually is now personally building up a level of anxiety because I'm getting one week closer to having to return. Um, I don't know if I'm alone with that thought process, but that's something I would certainly be worried about for myself, where actually sometimes confronting the problem head on is not necessarily a break. It's kind of finding another way to study, trying to, as you say, have a reset, Dave, and a bit of a restructure in the way I'm doing my study. And we've, we've got lots of episodes of the podcast where we've talked about study plans and devising study planners, speaking to other people, getting professional help from really good tutors that we've got at First Intuition. Yeah, I think, I think that you say you're a putter offerer. Um, I, I think of myself as being a, a hard deadlinerer in terms of I like a hard deadline and I do things to that deadline. So if someone says you need to do something by next Tuesday, I'll do it by next Tuesday. But if I know it's going to take me two hours, I'll probably do it in two hours on Monday because that's that's how my mind works, is that the deadline is there. I need to hit the deadline. That's why, for me, teaching is a brilliant career because you've got the hardest deadline in the world of you have got a room full of people that you need to teach and you've got to know your stuff inside out in order to stand up in front of them. It's brilliant discipline for me as a hard deadliner -er. um, where things are a bit open ended and I could choose to do things when I like. There's no hard deadline there for me to hit. And I find that really challenging, which is, uh, I think, one of the reasons I have huge amounts of respect for people that do self-study, because self-study, where you are directing the study yourself and studying at your own pace and setting your own deadlines, I would find that really, really hard because I haven't got that, that hard deadline that's been imposed by someone else, which is why when I studied, I loved being in the classroom because my tutors would say, you need to do this mock exam by this date. And it's like, right, that's my hard deadline. I've got to do it. I will get that exam done by that day and I will absolutely do it. 
or you know over the next three days you've got to do these 10 questions i'll do it because a hard deadline's been set by someone else so it, it's yeah I, I i'm kind of very similar to you in that respect but I, I would always if i if i set myself a target say oh in six months time i'll come back to studying probably get to six months and then would i do it well no one's around to watch me. No one's holding me accountable. So, you know, one of the things that I always tend to do in those situations is get someone else that's going to hold me accountable. So, um, you know, I, I, you know, Kelly, who was on last week, my wife, she's brilliant at it. You know, I, she'll say, oh, you know, when are you going to paint the fence outside? I'll do it by the end of the month. OK, and then I'm here about it all the time, every single day until the end of the month. And I make sure it is done by the end of the month because I've asked someone else to set me that hard deadline i think this is something on being on maternity leave you know i, I get to have keeping touch days now we're saying about kind of um you know having that it looming over you and having it it kind of building your head now i have been using my keeping touch days because i was sat there thinking oh when i come back to work am I, is is a lot going to have changed or is there is it going to be drastically different and i can imagine people taking one of those extended breaks that you talk about ben you know oh has the syllabus changed massively am i going to have to do lots more and so on so i use my keeping touch day so i can um just keep up with what's going on I can come in for um, particular meetings and I can keep in touch with the person that's covering my maternity leave a similar kind of thing from a study you know if you if you're having a break and you just want to go oh hold on can I just make contact with my tutor quickly just to make sure you know is it am I still okay with my plan for this break and so on absolutely you know that's what our you know our tutors are here to assist you um so I would say have those like mini targets in between maybe is it still okay um and like you said Ben with things looming over you um uh, you know a, a lot of that can come from a, a, one of the biggest questions we get when people return from study is I was on the old syllabus what's changed or oh we're the two syllabuses are long now we get that one you know quite a bit and we really do help people with their study plans and honestly sometimes you can just see the relief in students faces when you talk to someone and go it's all right let's do this plan you don't need to worry about that unit or this is the only thing that has changed and you can just see that kind of that stress leaving that had built up of all of these changes that might have happened but actually it's not that bad <laughs> um so you know i know i know we say it all the time but really do talk to someone because we have so many expert tutors here that really just help you create a good plan for it I really like the thought of these keeping in touch days. And I think it sounds cliche, doesn't it? But the old saying is absence makes the heart grow fonder. And, and I wonder if sometimes students fall out of love with study. And I'm not saying every student passionately loves studying, but let's be honest, students sacrifice a lot. They commit a lot of personal time. Some students paying for their own studies. And there has to be an element of I enjoy my study time. If, if you don't enjoy it, I'm sorry. But over the length of time you're going to have to study to get the qualification, you, you're not going to stand the distance, really. And I worry in the short term, if you fall out of love with studying, you need something to kind of re-energize that study and get back into it. And maybe having a break, but saying, well, maybe I'll do a couple of hours next week no pressure on myself and not having a break in study, but giving yourself a break that you're not beating yourself up if you've not put in 
20 hours this week doing your study online or question practice, reading the textbook. Um, maybe those keeping in touch days could be a way just to re-energize yourself and, and slowly build back up to a study plan. We don't name check people in the chat box, but we have got the chat box open this evening. I've seen a comment from a student that I am going to mention. I'm not going to name check them. Somebody changed house, got some of their stuff in storage, not ideal for studying, but has made the decision not to have a formal break in study, instead to slow down a bit. And I think that aligns with what we've just been saying. Maybe you just need to re-engineer your study plan rather than saying it is a total break. What about the return, Amy? So we, we've talked about the keeping in touch days. Anything else that you are thinking or experiencing with regards to coming back? Yeah, I mean, like I say, I've kind of set my return date. So I know when I am going back to work and I've already got in place, but this is this is just how I work. I've already got in place those initial meetings for when I return. So when I return, I've got a handover meeting on the day with the person that's been covering my maternity leave. Brilliant. So I can get up to speed quite quickly with what's happened. And that's going to be really useful to me. And then I've got a series over the next uh, couple of weeks after that of meeting with various people in my team uh, and we'll plan those just to get myself back up to speed with everything that is already knowing that I've got half a day with um, the person that's been covering my maternity leave is such a weight off my mind you know I know that I can come back get up to speed and just get going with things so uh, you know in a similar thing with study do, having that 10 minute catch up with your tutor know that you're going to email your tutor that day so just what has changed what do I need to do so I know when I return I'm kind of returning to something that doesn't seem as overwhelming I suppose brilliant Dave I'm going to ask you now I know the answer from my perspective but I'm going to seek confirmation from you I would presume if a student has had a break maybe they've gone radio silent on their tutor that builds a bit of a psychological barrier to re-engaging that conversation. And I think it takes a lot of courage for a student to write that email and send it to their tutor and say, hello, Ben, hello, Dave. You've not heard from me from a little while, but I would now like to get back into my studies. What is your reaction? And I would imagine it's pretty consistent every single time you've had one of those from what we would call a, a potential lapsed student. I'm always super happy. It's, yeah, it makes my day. Um, usually, if someone's if someone sent me a message, it's because they they remember me from me teaching them. Chances are, I remember them as well. Um, so it's you know we don't we don't have massive classes, so it's you know we tend to know our students, and it, it's always really nice that. And I, I it's generally the people that I um, that that contact me on a reasonably regular basis are people that finished their AAT um, five years ago, and they promised me they were taking two month break and then they were gonna start doing ICAW or ACCA or SEMA. Um, and five years have gone past and they pick up the phone and or, or they, they type an email and say, I know it's been a while and I know you told me to 
start straight away but now I want so and I'm just delighted that they that they are actually getting you know getting back on the horse and they're, they're starting to starting their studies again and, and something that we you know I think we all know that you know in I'm trying to sound not sound like that bit in the Oscars where they flash up the people that are no longer with us um but I, I know that over the last three or four years we've lost some students because um that there are people that had to take a break during the COVID period because they weren't able to take exams, they weren't able to study face to face. Um, you know that their support network wasn't there for a period of time, and we still haven't seen them back in the classroom or back studying or back taking an exam since then. And so I, I fully expect over the next couple of years we're going to get phone calls, we're going to get emails from those people saying, "Remember me? There's been a pandemic, a global recession, a banking crisis in the US." Um, and hyperinflation over the past few years, but I'm ready to study again. And we'll welcome them all back because we're, we're always happy to see, to see people. It's just, you know, I, I wish that we could reach out and help those people, you know, um, or have helped those people three or four years ago. But, you know, it, it's when they come forward to us that, yeah, makes my day and all I want to do is help them. And I 100% knew that would be exactly your response. For the benefit of the podcast listeners who can't see Dave's video cam, his face beamed with a massive smile when I talked about a student coming back. And I think I speak for all of my colleagues at First Intuition. We don't judge. We're not going to start asking you, where have you been? Why haven't you been studying? We really just want to help you move forward. Great advice, Dave. And if that encourages anyone listening to this to drop an email to their tutor, to reach out to their FI contact. And we've actually had one student, again, I'm not going to name them, but saying they've been one of the guilty ones and they've just sent an email to their tutor. That's fantastic. That is exactly what we wanted to get out of this evening session and the podcast recording. Amy, have you got any thoughts? I'm conscious of time. We're getting up there towards the top of the hour. Anything else that you wanted to share? I suppose I come back to that point of make sure that you use that break. You know, if you're going to when you come back to studying, make sure that you have used that break appropriately. And then you have planned that return and you kind of go for it again. I also I did take a break from studying when I did it myself I didn't do it for my exams but I did it uh, ACCA uh, give you uh, an option to gain a degree don't they with Oxford Brooks they part with Oxford Brooks and I finished my exams and I said oh brilliant I'll um I really want that degree so I'll do that in six months um and I qualified uh 12 years ago now so I've gone beyond the point of being able to do the Oxford Brooks degree which is a real shame um so I didn't use my break effectively by any stretch of the imagination um so exactly like we said before plan how much you want off and talk to somebody is it actually that you just don't like that unit okay cool let's think about an option then is it actually just one topic you don't like okay let's work on that topic then um is it something that you need further assistance for, like the physical and mental health? Reach out to your safeguarding team or, you know, seek medical advice if you need it. Do talk to people, seek, you know, get help for what that breaks for and get that plan going. Perfect. In my problem solving class today, we've done a model called the five whys, really trying to get to the root cause of the problem. 
apprentice learners with us, you might have been on this skills workshop where we, we go back to the mentality of a child. Children are great, sometimes to the annoyance of the people they are asking, but they don't see the barriers to keep asking question after question after question. And it's really, really powerful to really get to the bottom of the root cause of the issue and not just the, the surface pain that maybe is the, the first visible thing. You know, I love that model when we teach it. It's always one of the most basic ones, isn't it? You say, what's the five why model? You just ask yourself why five times. And then you talk about it and you really do get to needle into what the problem is. And I suppose that's the other piece of advice I'd give is be honest with yourself and be honest with your tutor and, and your employer. What is it that you need? Because it can take us some time, can't it, when we're trying to help students to exactly work out what it is. And maybe that's part of the process for people. What is it, you know, us trying to help you understand why you might need a break? But do be open and honest about it. How long do you need and what do you need? Or like Ben said, you know, where where is your passion for it at the moment? Dave, I'm going to come back to you for summing up from this evening's session. No, I just wanted to pull up on the, the, your, your five wise model that I, I actually heard something very similar in a completely different context um, last week. I was at a, um, a sales training workshop and they said that the best salespeople in the world are children. And uh, I think those of us with children will know that children have got the ability to get any kind of deal. And the, the, the way that children are successfully able to sell stuff is by asking why a lot. So, mom, can I have some chocolate? No, you can't. Why? Well, because it's nearly tea time. Well, why can't I have chocolate then? And all they ask is why. And they ask why so many times that they eventually reach a position where you can't say anything else other than, yes, you can have chocolate. Um, and th th if more salespeople ask their potential clients why, why they've got a problem, why they need a product, why they're doing things a certain way, they'd be a lot more successful than the kind of people we see in car showrooms and mobile phone showrooms just telling you this is our product, you should buy it. They should understand more about why the other person is wanting to buy stuff. So I thought that was quite a nice little segue into kind of what, what you were talking about there. But um, as ever, time is against us and, and we need to sign off for today. Um, I do recognise, Ben, and you, you may be aware of this as well. I've been contacted by several listeners to the podcast who are actually using the podcast as their way of staying in touch with studying while they're taking a break. So although they're not currently studying for an exam, just by us being in touch with them, they feel that they're still part of that learning journey. So hopefully some of those students listening today might be thinking, well, maybe you know, my break needs to come to an end at some point and you know, I'll be taking my next exam in July or be taking my next exam in September or, or, or something like that. So hopefully we, we've you know, got people to maybe reflect a little bit and think about when they need to get back on that on that study program and get back into taking exams. But it just falls on me to say thank you to Amy for for joining us today. It's been an absolute pleasure. Hopefully, Amy, when you're back from maternity leave and you're not kind of like yeah, come guesting here when you really you know have got other things that I know you need to be looking after and other things you need to be doing. So I'll be welcomoming you back when you're back from maternity leave. Ben, I will see you next week. Um, I know that this time of year we have lots and lots of different sports that our children play. So I'm hopeful that I'll see you on the boundaries of a cricket match posting 
one week, uh, one day over the next couple of weeks. And to everyone listening, we really appreciate you downloading. We really appreciate you listening. If you get the opportunity, could you please leave a review um, or just give a star rating on whatever your podcast app is that you listen to? And if you have got the time and you know there's someone out there that would appreciate listening to the things that we discuss, please feel free to recommend or to pass on the link to our podcast. But until next week, everyone stay safe and happy studying. Thank you.